Hi friends, before this episode starts, I need to share some personal news with you. Unfortunately, this news will probably affect this season of the podcast. In August of last year, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. What looked initially like a very straightforward course of treatment has become more complicated, and now, as of the recording of this episode, I'm on week four of 20 weeks of chemotherapy. After chemo, I'll be going through surgery and radiation, so 2022 is going to be a long year for me and my family. But in spite of that, my prognosis is good, and God has been so overwhelmingly good through all of this. So you'll probably hear me talking of cancer or chemo during this season of the podcast. And even though I've been doing well so far, I'm anticipating that that won't last. So episodes may not come out on a regular basis, but my goal is to keep helping you go deeper in your study of the Bible as best I can. I, of course, appreciate your prayers and thanks for listening. Now on to season three. This is Women Studying the Word, and I'm your host, Meredith Beattie. Wherever you are in your journey of understanding the Bible, you can go one step deeper, and I'm here to help. Welcome. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to a new season of Women Studying the Word, season three. I'm so excited to be back, and I hope you're ready for a new format of this podcast and a new book to study. If you're new here, you might be wondering what seasons one and two were about. Well, I encourage you to go back and check those out. The first season was all about Bible study skills, and last season was dedicated to studying the book of Psalms. This season, we're not only going to study a new book, Philippians, but I'm trying out a new format. Instead of me just lecturing, I've asked a friend to join me for this season, and the reason I'm doing that is I want what we do here on the podcast to be kind of a model for you. In the past, I've had some guests, but again, it's mostly been me talking. And that's not the best way to learn. Did you know that? If you've ever had a class where all the teacher does is lecture, you probably suspected that's not the best way to learn. And it's not. The best way to learn is to get yourself actively involved in what you're learning. And that's what I hope you'll do as you listen to me and my friend study Philippians together. So grab a friend, invite a neighbor, or get a group together and follow along with us. I guarantee you're going to learn a whole lot more that way. Now, before introducing my special guest for this season, let me mention some important housekeeping things. First of all, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you won't miss out on any episodes. And please share this podcast with others. That is the best way for others to find out about it. Another great way for people to find out about the podcast is to give me a review on iTunes. Somehow, if I the more reviews I get on iTunes, the more five-star reviews, the more people will find out about this podcast. So I read all those reviews and I appreciate each and every one. Lastly, if you have benefited from this podcast, or maybe you just feel extra generous, consider supporting me with a small monthly donation. The link for that is in the show notes. And if you become a supporter, you might just receive a free gift. Okay, now on to my very special guest and great friend and supporter of the podcast, I must say. 
Dana. Dana has been on the podcast before. In season one, I did an episode called Real Change Happens in Community. It was the last episode of season one, and we talked with our other good friend, Lori, about learning in community with each other. So go back and check out that episode if you want. But let me get Dana here to tell you a little about herself and why she agreed to be my special guest this season. Hi, I'm Dana, and yes, um, I'm really thankful that Meredith prompted me to do this because I am a person that needs to be held accountable for doing my Bible study. <laughs> it's something I struggle with. It's, um, it's a great desire, but actually putting it into motion sometimes is hard for me. And um, I want to say this is probably the fourth Bible study I'm probably doing with you. Oh, really? Um, we did the one on learning how to study the Bible, Habakkuk. And systematic theology. Oh yeah, you were in that one. Yeah. yeah. So that was a long time ago. I know. <laughs> we were just trying to figure out how long we've been friends. I think about ten years. I know. I know. Once so. I don't know. I I just feel like I I don't remember things very well nowadays. <laughs> and things I thought were five years ago are now like ten years ago. I know it's yeah. true. Yeah. Is that because we're getting older? I think so. I don't know. <laughs> That's. Called. I hate to blame it on age, but I think it's true. Can we blame it on the kids? Yeah. Okay. But it's true. I, I do the same thing. I used to think, oh, it's been five years, and now it's been ten. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty common. It's like when your memories pop up on Facebook, and you're like, what? Yes. That was eight years ago? Like, it just told me the other day that my couch was eight years old. I'm like, wait a sec, I didn't think it was that old. So, yeah. anyway, the things you learn on, on Facebook. But, um, so what are you looking forward to in this study? You said that you are you're thankful to be with me because it'll hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. So that, that's good. We always talk about how, um, you know, you're kind of an uh, obliger, like you need this outward accountability and that like me, me bringing you on the podcast is, is great because I kind of am an upholder. So I, I like to kind of meet those expectations and then you come alongside and we're kind of like a perfect, perfect match. I think I'm vigorously shaking my head. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's very true. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just always looking for an opportunity to learn more, to go a little bit deeper, to study the Bible. Um, it's, like I said, it's a great desire. It's just, I have a pretty hectic life and sometimes mm -hmm. trying to find the right moment. And then if I'm honest, I get in my head a lot and it's just sort of like, well, if I can't do it every single day, then I haven't done it right. Or I need to... Uh, read a lot in the, of this commentary and then I need to do this and oh I'll never get everything I can get out of it and then I just kind of throw up my hands and yeah so yeah I, I've, I've enjoyed doing Bible studies with you because I feel like it's very doable it's very concrete um, and it really forces me to um, kind of do the work myself and not just rely on reading some scholars opinion about it oh that's good and thinking that's all there is to say about that. That's good. That's good. So we're going to study Philippians, but how are we going to do this? Because I think it's going to be a little different than, um, obviously it's going to be different from my last two seasons of the podcast where it was mostly me talking. Um, well, but if you've listened to the podcast before the things, and I know you listen cause you're a supporter. So, yes. <laughs> um, but the things I'm going to say this season and the things we're going to do are going to sound familiar because we're going to use 
the skills that I always talk about, like reading and rereading and looking for themes and repeated words. We're going to talk about context and interpretation, and hopefully we're going to get into a lot of good application. But I already gave you some homework to prepare for this. And of course, I gave myself the same homework. Um, and you who are listening can do the same things that Dana and I have already done. So what did I ask you to do? Um, you asked me to print a copy of the text, which I did, um, and then to read and to reread and to try to just kind of notice things, but not really delve into getting super deep in it at this point, but just kind of become familiar with the text. Right, right. And and I think the I've talked about the printed copy of the text before several times on the podcast and something that I learned that from reading Jen Wilkins' book, Women of the Word, and it just really revolutionized my Bible study because I'm somebody who likes to write in my Bible, but there's not enough space. And so when I'm doing Bible study, I really needed more space. And so just printing off the copy of the text and um, is so, so helpful. So have you found that to be helpful too? I have. And another thing, age-related, I like that I can make the text bigger. <laughs> I really, I know that seems crazy, but that has been a little bit of a barrier because some of my yeah. Bibles have really small text. Yeah, they do. They do have and, very small print sometimes. So and helped. you can change the font. I know. I kind of like playing yeah. around with that. I know. I like, I like changing the font. I don't know. Oh, okay. So reading and rereading is a big deal because that's one of the skills that um, I think a lot of people overlook. A lot of people think, well... I got to get into the study Bible. I got to get into the study notes. Um, but really what we want to do first is get as familiar with the text as possible. So we're not going to get too detailed at first, right? We're going to, we're not going to get into cross references or commentaries yet. And we're trying to avoid that using that study Bible because it's just too easy to let our eyes drift down to the study notes and kind of short circuit the whole learning process by reading what somebody else has said. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, we want to just immerse ourselves as much as possible in the text, looking for themes and main ideas. And that is why that printed copy of the text is so helpful because you can just write on it whatever you want. It's not, you're, we're not nobody's judging you whether it's right or wrong. Mm -hmm. These are just your observations. So, um, so what have you seen so far and, and what has been your general impression of the book? I'm, I'm interested to know what you've, what you've gotten out of it so far. At just kind of glancing at my notes, I noticed there's a lot of emphasis on grace, a lot of discussion of suffering, mm -hmm. a lot of, um, separating yourself from the world. But honestly, the biggest thing that I've seen so far to me has really been the emphasis on grace. On grace? On grace. Okay, and, and why do you say that? What, what are some parts that stick out to you? Well, in the first chapter, he talks about the grace of imprisonment. Um, I guess, again, when he's, you know, thankful, the, re the rejoicing, the thankfulness, the eagerness to share, like all of those kind of feel like part of the grace package because he keeps talking to about how he really wouldn't be able to do that without grace. Okay. And just the, I, I, I was going to say he directly says it a few times <laughs> in the text, which is always helpful. Yeah. Um, but also too, just the, the focusing on Christ. Um, and those are just kind of my general impressions of the first book is that 
He's clearly he's he's got his mind on Christ as he's going through this terrible thing. And by keeping his vision on Christ, it's allowed him to go through this from a place of grace and thankfulness mm-hmm. yeah. and, and yeah. rejoicing. Yeah, I think that is something that stands out is that, I mean, we can kind of, you know, talk about how he's in prison. That's mm-hmm. something that, um, you know, we'll talk about later on in a future episode about the historical context of the book, but, but he's in a difficult, he's in difficult circumstances. Obviously we can tell that from the book, but the way he, he reacts is definitely unusual. Yes. (laughs) Definitely unusual. Yeah. Extraordinary. Um, so yeah, that definitely pops out there. And, and then you talked about the emphasis on Christ and I, I use some, sometimes I use colored pencils. Sometimes I don't, but um, I just put a box around every time he mentioned Christ mm-hmm. and I didn't count it up, but I did read in another place that, um, I think Christ is mentioned 65 times in the wow. book wow. that, I mean, that's, that's, that's huge. So definitely a focus is Jesus Christ, which you would hope it would be <laughs> yes. from the apostle Paul. Yes. Right. So, so that's definitely an emphasis. Um, but let's talk about how he feels about the people he's writing to. What did you get? What did, what did you, what did you see about his feelings towards them? I think he's so thankful for them. Mm-hmm. He's so grateful for them and he just genuinely loves them and cares for them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's something that really, really stood out to me when, especially at the beginning of the book, when he talks about, um, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. It's right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. So every time I saw in the book, like some mention of affection, some vocabulary about that, I put a little red heart on uh-huh. on the verse. So yeah, I, um, he yearns for them with the affection of Christ Jesus. He calls them my beloved. Um, you know, in chapter four, I think he talks about... Let me get to chapter four. He says, my, therefore, my brothers whom I love and long for my joy and crown stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. So it's like almost six times he's expressing his love for them. Um, and I think that that just makes the letter so much more personal. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you get, did you get a sense that, that it was, you know, he really loves these people. Yeah. It, at first I have to be honest when I, when I kind of read the opening I think with modern ears, mm-hmm. listening to that, sometimes it, it feels like a formal greeting. You know, it's, it feels so strange. It's like, <clears throat> let's unroll the scroll and herald this person <laughs> is coming in. You know, and it's, yeah. it seemed a little bit weird. But the more I kind of read it and reread it and thought about it, I kept thinking, well, how would you express? Like, if you really want to convey your true appreciation, you know, you're you're going to be particular with the way you do it. You're going yeah. to, um, maybe formal isn't the word, but you're going to want to elevate it. It's not just a throwaway, love ya. Yeah. It's, it's a very like, I am so thankful for you and I want mm-hmm. to figure out how to articulate this to you. Yeah. So and you thought that in the beginning of the, the book, it was, to our modern ears, it sounded very formal? I did. I kind of, okay. the... Thank, you know, the, the, I thank my God and all my remembrance of you. It's just, yeah. 
it felt a little stiff to me on kind of my first read, but the more I reread it, yeah, I just started thinking that, you know, he's trying to, to really articulate his feelings. Yeah. And that's not an easy thing to right, do. Right. Right. And, and what, another thing that struck me is that, um, Paul in his other books, and this is something that, that you can do is kind of, as you're reading through all the New Testament epistles of, of Paul, especially Paul, is kind of compare the tone mm-hmm. and, and how he comes across to his audience. And so, for instance, in this book, he uses a lot of personal language, um, my brothers, beloved, um, just yearning for them with the affection of Christ Jesus, as compared to like maybe Galatians, <laughs> where he starts out going, you know, saying that who if anyone teaches you something that's contrary to the gospel, let him be accursed, you know, and then he uses very strong language. And, and then in other, you know, maybe in Romans, he makes a ton of arguments. Mm-hmm. But in Philippians, I don't think he's really trying to make arguments so much. Do you think? I don't, I don't get that feeling either. It really does come across as, um, I'm just so thankful for you. I care for you so much. Mm -hmm. And I just want to share this with you as much as I possibly can. All this that I know. Yeah. It really does feel like kind of parental. Right. In in a way that, you know, as a parent trying to impart this to your children. Mm -hmm. What do you think, um, just looking at the book as a whole, um, what do you think he's trying to get at? What are some things that, because a lot of times when he writes to these churches, there's an issue. There's a reason why he's writing. So can you think of like reading through the book? Can you think of problems that might pop up that he's addressing that he wants them to, to fix? Oh, that's a good question. Like, let's look at chapter two. He talks a lot about, um, in chapter two, verse two, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. On that, kind of that first section there, my note to the side was to give up your own desires. Yeah. And desire to be like Christ. So, apparently... I don't know if there was, I don't know enough about the book's background to know right. if there were problems that the people there were living for themselves mm-hmm. more than they should. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the human condi- condition. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Because one of the things we can do is as we're reading the book, we can kind of, I think it's called mirror reading. I've, I've, I've recently heard it called that mirror reading where, where you're reading something and if he's addressing something, you can say, well, why would he be addressing that? Like, and these are the things that we can start doing as we read through the book is we can say, well, okay, he's talking about here in uh, chapter two, verse two, about basically unity. Mm-hmm. So why would he have to address that? And then maybe go to chapter four and go, oh, well, in chapter four, he says, he points out to these two women to agree in the Lord. Yeah. So you might, you know, as we read and reread, we can kind of ask the text questions like, well, why is he bringing this up? Why does he bring up the, um, the, um, humility of Christ in chapter two? That's a huge section, an Mm -hmm. important section. Mm -hmm. Why does he, um, 
why does he point out Timothy and Epaphroditus at the end of chapter two? Um, why is he so personal in chapter three about his sufferings and his, the goal of, of, of his life, um, is to know Christ and to, um, attain the resurrection from the dead. So these are all questions you can ask as you read and reread the book and get more familiar with it. But, um, so, so yeah, this is, this is great. Um, there's a lot, I think there's a lot more that we can say, um, about our first readings and, and, and people who are listening can, can read through the book on their own and, and, uh, make notes. Um, definitely write your question marks on the printed copy of the text. That's something that I always do is I ask questions of the text. Um, I've heard someone say, call it interrogate the text, (laughs) just kind of ask questions and put, if you don't know the answer, that's fine. Um, on your first reading through the whole text, um, you're not getting into detail. But if there's something that you have a question about, just write a question mark there and you can go back to it when you get more into the details. So for me, um, I wanted to mention that, you know, I taught this about five years ago, I think, five or six years ago, I taught Philippians and I, I got, I dug out my binder that had everything in it. And um, because I, I chose Philippians because I was familiar with it, but there's a challenge with that because if you're so familiar with a text, you go back to it and you read it again, and it's really hard to get fresh eyes <laughs> on the true. text, That's you know, if you're so familiar with something. Um, but when I looked back at what I wrote when I taught the book before, one thing that really stood out to me was that I really love getting into the details of the text. But one thing that I've learned over the years since I taught it for the first time is to have more of an overall, um, an overall view of the whole, of the book as a whole. And that's something that I was lacking back then and something I've learned since then. So when I talk about on the podcast, like going one step deeper in your Bible study, I mean, everybody starts at a certain point. Mm everybody's at a different point in their understanding of the Bible. But, um, like I, like I always say, you can go one step deeper and, you know, I've gone one step deeper by trying to just get an overall, think of the book, um, not as little pieces and as little verses. Cause Philippians is a very popular book. People pull verses out of it all the mm-hmm. time, but have you stepped back and just read through the whole book and asked yourself, Oh, why did he write the book as a whole? What is the whole tone of the book? Is it friendly? Is it personal? Is it, you know, argumentative? What What is he trying to get at as a whole? And kind of come to the point where you can say, okay, I think I can distill what the book of Philippians is about into one sentence. And that's a challenge. That is, a that challenge. is definitely a challenge. And that's one way that I'm trying to go one step deeper. But what are you trying, what are you looking forward to in um, going through this book together? What do you hope to gain by the end of the study? Um, I guess just a deeper appreciation of, of Philippians and Paul. I mean, I think about when we did the Habakkuk. Mm-hmm. Um, I so enjoyed that Bible study and it just, it elevated the, the text to a whole new level when I knew so much more about it. I mean, 
I have read Philippians many times, and I just feel like I'm so guilty of, of scanning okay. and not deep reading. I'm so guilty of being part of like a Bible reading plan. It's like, check, read <laughs> Philippians chapter one today, done, but yeah. didn't really get into it. Okay. And so I think it's going to be great because I, my daughter has dyslexia and we worked with a reading specialist for many years. And one of the things that she talked about when reading stuff was kind of the reading and the rereading, but she used to, to kind of use the language, you know, you want to be able to own this. You want to be able to tell about this. You want to be yeah. able to, you know, and until you can do that, you don't really know it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, so. that is a great, I love your comment because, um, that's what we want in, in knowing the Bible is we want to own the text. We can, we can even like memorize something like I've memorized a bunch of stuff in the Bible, but sometimes I come back to what I've memorized and ask myself, do I really know it? Right. I can recite it, but do I really know it? Right. And I think that's our goal here is to really get a feel for what is the message of Philippians. And that's going to require, um, you know, one other thing I want to highlight before we're done is, is prayer. Because like I said before, I'm, we're very, we're both very familiar with this book and so familiar that we can just kind of read it and go, yeah, whatever, been there, done that, mm -hmm. you know, but we never want to come at the Bible with that sort of attitude. So, so that's why I think prayer is so important. So every time we engage with the word, um, and we study and we read, we just ask God to give us eyes to see new things. And I've already seen that, um, in this, you know, five years, six years later after teaching it, you know, I thought, okay, well, I know this. Well, no, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. And, and I think, um, that's the wonderful thing about the Bible is that God can teach you so much more every time you go to the word, if you're willing, you know, if you open yourself up to, to the Holy Spirit, to teach you and to illumine your understanding. So thanks for being with me. And next time we will have um, more homework. We're going to talk about context, but for now, I'll see you next time. I hope you enjoyed that conversation between me and my good friend, Dana. And yes, we will be discussing context next time, historical context, literary context, but we'll also go deeper in talking about what this book is really all about. We're going to be talking more about the themes that we see. I you know, we forgot about joy. I, I couldn't believe we didn't talk about joy. But maybe Dana and I will be able to come up with that one sentence summation of what Philippians is about. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you can find out if we come up with that. But for you, I want you to get together with another friend or a group and study together. Print out a copy of Philippians. Start with prayer and then immerse yourself in the text. Just pray and read, pray and read. Keep doing that. And mark what you think is important. Write down in the margins any notes or questions you have. You'll be amazed what you start seeing. And look at the show notes for this episode for links to the resource page of my website. My website is womenstudyingtheword.com. And there you'll find a simple guide for following along with our study. And also, I can't forget about Instagram. I post there on a regular basis about the podcast. You can go to at Women Studying the Word on Instagram and give me a follow there. 
I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Women Studying the Word, and remember that whoever you are and wherever you are in your journey of understanding the Bible, you can go one step deeper, and I'm here to help. Bye for now.